Welcome to Calvary Christian Assembly of God. My name is Pastor Floyd McDonald, and we are looking forward to you tuning in to this week's podcast. Don't miss out on this word from the Lord. Bibles with me, turn to Nehemiah, the sixth chapter, Nehemiah chapter six, as we break the bread of life. And if you're here for the first time, we want to welcome you to Calvary Christian Assembly of God. There is a connect card if you'll look right in front of you. We want you to fill that out and get it back to the sound booth because we want to get you a gift and we want to tell you how much that you appreciated. That little connect card, just fill it out. We are so glad that you are here today. Calvary, would you make them welcome today and just let them know? Amen. How much you appreciate them. Amen. How many know if there's ever been a time that the, that the enemy is vying for our attention and to distract us? How many know it's now? I want you to preach with me. How many know I'll preach better if you preach with your pastor? Amen. The more you're silent, the longer I'll preach. So I want you to preach with me. <laughs> Somebody's getting loud now, amen. So listen, how many know the, and let me try that again. Maybe you'll help me out. The enemy is vying for your attention. The enemy is vying and trying to distract you from the things of God. Say this with me. He wants to distract and detract me from the things of God. That is the assignment of hell against our lives. How many has just ever walked especially into a room? It could be, you know what, when I think about this, I mean, it's just like when you walk into, uh, what's the pizza place over there on Campbell for kids? Oh, y'all know what I'm talking about. Yes, there we go. (laughs) Incredible pizza. And uh, when you walk, how many know that it's just overload on the mind when you slip, slip out of the eating part to go into the game part? Let me know what I'm talking about. It's just like stimulation overload. And you hear kids going, I mean, it's just, how many know? And you know what? I got to thinking about this too. If we're not careful, the Lord began to speak to me as I was studying this week. If we're not careful, there are churches that are overstimulating people and not bringing two things that need to be into focus. And number one, that is focusing on Jesus and focusing on His Word. There are things that enhance services and I'm not against those things but I want to tell you this. I don't come to an event nor a show. I want to encounter Jesus and I want to see what his word has to say. I'm afraid and I want, to, I want you to hear me. I'm afraid because I want to tell you from the bottom of my heart is that we've turned into a circus sometimes in the, ch- in, in the church house. It almost seems like as much as I can get the stimulation of people over then that's spiritual. Can I tell you? It's not. What we still need, everybody look at me right now and I know I sound like an old time preacher but I still am. What we still need is the power of the Holy Spirit. A light won't do it. A song won't do it. Come on, somebody. But the power of the Spirit will do it. It's still not by might. It's still not by power. It's still by His Spirit, saith the Lord. Come on. I remember an old movie that 
I grew up, my kids, and they, man, how many know when your parents and you have cartoons or different movies that come out that are cartoons, you'll watch that same thing about 35 times. How many know what I'm talking about? You know what comes next. You memorize it with your kids. There was an old movie back in 2009 that by the name of Up, how many know what I'm talking about? How many has ever seen that? Just a, just a cute little kids movie. It was, it was awesome. And if you've never seen it as an adult, I encourage you. There's a great message of an older gentleman and a younger boy and a dog named, a dog named Doug. <laughs> now, I'm going to show you a short clip and talking about how the enemy vies and tries to come against the, us, coming against our, getting our attention on the things of God. We're just like Doug. Let me show you what happened to Doug. This is where he... Hi there. Did that dog just say hi there? Oh, yes. Bruh. My name is Doug. I just met you, and I love you. My master made me this collar. He is a good and smart master, and he made me this collar so that I may talk. Squirrel. <laughs> now, we laugh at that, but how many know we're just the same way? We're on the things of God. We are focused on God. We are given exactly what God wants. And all of a sudden we're squirrel. <laughs> Don't you know that the same way the enemy wants to get us off our assignment, the enemy wants to get us off our prey? I wish somebody would help me preach today. The enemy wants to get us off the work that Jesus has called us to and anything he can go to go. Look at your neighbor and go, squirrel. How many know you need to get your mind back on the things of God? How many go like this way? Put your two fingers up to you. Come on, make some glasses for me. I wish I had some glass. Everybody do it. If some of you ain't doing it because you don't think you look cool, who cares? Come on, put, put your, I want to see you. That's all right if you got your glasses on anyway, put it on. Just say, I want to see with the vision of the Spirit of God. Amen? I want to see how God wants me to see. I want to observe things the way that God wants me to observe things and not get off track. Mm, and not get off this way or that way. Distractions. Listen, I want to give you a word from the Lord this morning. I'm not probably going to move far from this, but I want to give you something. Distractions come in many forms, but are always aimed at steering us off course. Let me say that again. In fact, I want you to say it with me. Say it was distractions come in many forms but are always aimed at steering us off course. If we're going to have 2020 Holy Ghost vision this year, then we have two options. You're going to hear me for the next few weeks of what God has laid on my heart as your pastor. We're going to focus back on Jesus and we're going to focus back on His Word. Everything else, how many know, will lose its luster? Come on. How many know that everything else needs to lose its luster? These are the two primary things that needs to happen in our life is that we're focused on him and we're focused on his word. I want you to realize that it's important to understand that the devil is not so much concerned with what keeps us from completing our assignment. He just wants to ensure that it doesn't get done. 
There are a lot of people that have started out with the things of God. In fact, I want to tell you, in the Word of God, there's a lot of men and women that started out great. Uzziah being one of those. A young king. At the beginning, the Word of God said as long as he sought the Lord, he prospered. But the Word of God said when he got caught up from the distractions of this world and didn't realize that he needed the help from God anymore, how many know that he lost himself in the flesh? And he lost his way with God. Can I tell you, I don't want you to go there as your pastor. I want your focus. Put the spiritual Holy Ghost glasses on today and not pay attention to the distractions of the enemy. See, the enemy, the Word of God said, I've said this many a time, John 10, 10. Everybody say the thief. How many has ever been robbed at your house or somebody's robbed you from something? Lift up your hands. You ever been robbed? What is the first thing that comes to mind when you find out you're robbed? You know what? Because you worked hard for Is there anybody with me on this? How many know you are just absolutely upset because you worked hard? And how can so how could this person violate? How many know the thief, the enemy, the devil that was kicked? Come on, out of heaven because he tried to put himself above God. How many know he's a thief? Look at your neighbor and say, he's a thief. He wants to kill, he wants to steal, and he wants to destroy. The thief cometh to kill, steal, and destroy. And I want to remind you again, he wants to ensure that the assignment and the purpose of God doesn't get done in your life. Here are some distractions that I want to point out. And you know what? Jesus was really talking to our purpose when he said this. He said, the thief cometh to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. Because he's really talking about the purpose that he's placed in your life. You see, my purpose may be different from Josh's purpose. And my purpose may be different from Darren's purpose and Nikki and Brandon. But can I tell you, it's still the purpose of God. It is still the plan of God. It's just amazing to realize that it was in God's ordained plan, plan that Jesse, you were born for this hour. Yes. Would somebody just think about that for a minute and lift your hand and say, thank you, Jesus. I was destined for 2020. I was born for this hour. So guess what? As long as my years were there 70 plus, I'm going to be effective for the King of Kings and for the Lord of Lords and accomplish the purpose that God has placed on my life for the very short time that I have on this earth. How many will agree with me and say that with me? I will not allow the enemy to distract me from the assignment that God has placed on my life. Here's the way the enemy packages distractions and I want you to notice that. And boy, I wish I, I could spend weeks talking about these, but I'm not going to do that to you this morning. Listen, distractions are packaged in different ways. Number one, they are packaged as this. Enticing opportunities. You know what I'm praying for? And this is the word and I shared this me and Pastor Bill was talking about this. And I want you to hear me right now on this. I want you to know something. And I'm going to be talking about this more and more, Josh, as we move along, Brother Sam, into 2020. What I am praying for the church, not just Calvary, 
But for the church of the living God, everybody focus on me right now. Focus. No, no squirrels. Focus. <laughs> Look at me right now. Is that we have discernment of the Spirit of God. I'm praying for the church of the living God to have discernment. Because what looks enticing and what looks like that it's from God, be careful. The word of God says the enemy, no marvel, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, no marvel, the enemy comes as an angel of light. And he paints the picture to make everything look like that it's from God. But how many realize, you better take a step back. Come on, how many just realize? How many just ever done that and just, it looked like it was from God. It looked like, man, this is too good to be true. And can I tell you, when you seek the face of God, be careful because I'm here to tell you, if you put yourself in that position, or sometimes the enemy gets us looking on the other side of the fence because the other side of the fence looks like the grass is greener. But can I tell you that there is a sewer line over there and if you step in it, you're going to step in some doo-doo if you get over there. You're getting yourself in a mess. So what looks like an enticing situation. How many of you lift up your hand and say, Pastor, I'm praying for the discernment of the Lord. You know what? You know what? When I say the word discernment, because we, we throw around a lot of words in the church, discernment is simply meaning that the Spirit can reveal. Reveal is discernment, revelation. And that's where we get revelation. The book of Revelation has got the word reveal, reveal. The Spirit of God can reveal if that is from Him or not from Him or not from Him. How many say, Lord, in these last days, I want to have the spirit of discernment to reveal? Really see if this is the presence of God or not. I want you to be careful, church, because there's going to be things that look like God and have a form of godliness, but can I tell you they don't have any power at all. In fact, they just get the senses going and gets things motivated in the mind. But can I tell you, number one, is it centered around Jesus and is the word being lifted up? Those are the two primary factors that we need to look at out of every ministry that is going on. So I want you to be careful, and I want you to be careful, every one of you that are businessmen and businesswomen and things that are going on in your work and things that are in your life. Be careful because the devil's hearing what you're praying for too. And he knows what you want. And can I tell you that some of you single young adults and single adults and single young people are looking for the right person. Be careful that you don't date Delilah. Right. Amen. Come on now. She might she looks she got all the looks, but can I tell you you're gonna on your way to hell? Come on, somebody. If they don't love Jesus more than you do, you don't even need to touch them. Come on, somebody. You need to stay away from that as far as you, come on, that's just old time preaching. No, I'm preaching the truth here because oh well, I'm doing missionary dating, Pastor. Some of y'all catch that in a second. Missionary dating. Have you ever heard of that? I can win them. No, you won't. The fact is, is that most of the time you're going to be dragged into a lifestyle that you were once at. Come on, how many say Jesus is my man? Come on, Jesus is my woman. And when he decides and I'm not looking, he or she's going to come along when it's time. Amen? Hallelujah. 
So listen, this is what I want to tell you. Enticing opportunities. Be careful that is it, is it from God or is it not? Or is it a distraction to get me off the assignment of what God wants me to do? Is there anybody listening to this? Man, this is good. Number two, this is another package of distraction. Is urgent obligations. Oh, man. Sister Terry, I want to stay right here. I found that quote, Sister Bonnie. It goes something like this. How many remember people that just call you? And there's a saying that goes something like this. Lack of preparation on your behalf does not constitute a sense of urgency on mine. Oh, some of y'all just heard that for the first time. Let me give it to you again. Lack of preparation on your behalf does not constitute a sense of urgency on mine. There's been times, whether it's in our own life or the life of others, that number two, that has, here you are, you're focused, you're ready, but because the enemy seems like it's urgent, everything's going nuts in you to get there, that when you really go to that need, you find out it was a distraction to get me away from what God wanted to do on the inside of me. It's not that how many really felt that, especially with people that have said that? Come on. I'm talking to somebody right now. That when you got there, it wasn't what you thought it was. You need to be careful. Number three, can I go to the next one? It's simply this. It is hurtful criticism. Oh, I wish I could preach right here. Hallelujah. I don't know how many times people has been set aside because they let what somebody said move them away from the destiny of how God was using them in church and among godly people. But because they let what somebody said push them away from their destiny. So they pulled out of this and they pulled out of that. And they started backing up instead of going forward. How many know you're going to have your criticizers? You're going to have those that's going to say things. But how many say, I'm not here to impress? Come on, somebody. I'm not here to please. The only one that I want to please is the name of Jesus. Come on. The only thing that I want to line up is the word of the living God. So I'm not going to be moved, Brother John, by what Sister Bucket Mouse said. Come on, somebody. And Mr. Heavy Duty Goobily Got Mouth says to me, guess what I'm going to say? Listen, I'm going to keep preaching. I'm going to keep standing on chairs. I'm going to keep declaring this word of God despite the criticism. Amen. Thank you, Sister Betty. Hallelujah. I've determined a long time, and I'm going to tell you something. Look at your neighbor. If you're in this fight, look at your neighbor and say, if you're in this fight, you got to get rhino skin. Come on, somebody. I've had things said about me. I've had people stab me in the back. Come on. I've had it all in the ministry of 20 plus years. But guess what we're going to keep doing? We're not going to let our emotions rule us. We're going to be steadfast. We're going to be unmovable. We're going to be always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as I know, our labor is not in vain. How many of you ever heard of Reinhard Bonnke? Lift your hand. If you've been in the charismatic or Pentecostal movement, you've heard of Reinhard Bonnke. Reinhard Bonnke is probably one. He went on to be with the Lord just recently. 
but probably one of the greatest evangelists that God used in Africa to win many to the presence of the Lord. And so he said something a while back that I love, and I want to tell you about that on hurtful criticism. He said he told a story of how a newspaper had spread vicious lies about him and his friends that were surrounding him. You need to respond. You need to respond. How many of you say, you need to say something. You need to eat a His friends was jealous of his reputation and urged him quickly to respond. But I love this. He said, but when I prayed. How many know, listen, I want to tell you something. I love you as your pastor. And I want to tell you there have been urgent or what seemed like urgent situations. And I've really had to encourage the person on the other line. I love you as your pastor. But have you called on Jesus today? Have you talked to him first? How many know if we don't, come on, how many know we don't need to bypass him? He needs to be the first conversation. Sure, am I believing in brothers and sisters that I can grab Nikki's hand and Sherry's hand and say, I agree with me, believe God? Absolutely. In the multitude of counselors, and there's wisdom. And not only that, the Word of God says if one could put a 1,000 in flight, two could put 10,000 in agreement and prayer. I believe in all of that. But guess what? Take it to Jesus first. And believe the Lord first. How many know when you have that first conversation, most of the time, you ain't got to talk to anybody else. He will reveal it to his children. Amen? So I want to tell you this. Reinhard Bonnke said this. He said, I prayed, and this is what the Lord spoke to him. Are you ready for this? Because this is so good. The Lord spoke to him and said this. You are my harvest worker. Don't stop the combine harvester just to catch a mouse. Can I get an amen from somebody in here? Oh, will you help me right now? I'm about to preach. You see, this thing is about to wrap up. Jesus is about to come. We're not stopping the combine to listen to an itty-bitty mouse. No, we got an assignment to do what God has called us to do. Too many people in the church paying too much attention to the... It's distracting you. To pay attention to the mice. And you know what? It's funny to watch something like America's Funniest Home Video or a video or something. You know, it's amazing to me how a small mouse can interrupt the whole house. <laughs> how many had to have a mouse in your house or you've been involved in that? Lift your hand. We just let that thing interrupt the whole. I mean, it just, it's, oh, I mean, it just interrupts. The, can I tell you? Come on. Can you just turn that thing over to God and say, get out? Come on. You know, as small as it is, the devil wants to, he's always good to turn a molehill into a mountain. And when we dwell and when we think on things that are not of God and not of his word, and when we allow hurtful criticism and urgent obligation and enticing opportunities to sway us, then it gets us away from what we really need to do. See, there are many battles and some are necessary to fight. But can I tell you, God didn't intend for us to get involved in all of them. See, there's an old saying that we used to say in the South that I still say today. And I know it ain't proper English, so forgive me, but you're still here and you're under my tutoring as as people of God. Let me just say this right now. You ready for this? Listen, I ain't dying on that hill. (laughs) Say that with me. Say, I ain't dying dying. on that hill. 
whatever somebody said, come on, and somebody's criticism, and somebody's urgent obligation, and enticing opportunities, guess what I'm saying? Listen, I am not getting off of reaching souls for Jesus Christ. That is the work and assignment of God. Listen, I love the beauty. We need to take care of our churches. We need to have beautiful things in our churches. But at the end of the day, listen, you're just coming to the filling station to go outside and to be the missionaries that God has called you to be. Why where God has called you to be? Come on, somebody. Not to stay here, not to blow up and get fat, but to do what God has called us to do, to go into the highways and the hedges and compel people to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. To see people that are broken, to see them ask Jesus to come into their lives. How about this? As we keep on on this, there are a lot, everybody say there are a lot of good battles. And the devil would be happy if you'd get involved in every one of them. Come on. But you know what you need to do? Let me remind you. Let the Lord fight your back. Let the Lord Take care of so-and-so. Come on. Let the Lord speak to so How many know he does a whole lot better job than you can anyways? Let the Lord, by his Holy Spirit, deal with them better than what you're dealing. You can't look at your neighbor and say, you ain't God. And you never will be God. Come on. You are a child of God, but let God do his work. And let us do ours. Come on now. Amen. Hallelujah. So here's another one that we need to look at. How about this one? Unanticipated obstacles. You know what? Some of you may receive some unanticipated things that have happened or phone calls in this building that has happened to you this week. Some things, this is what, this is what I want to let you know. We were talking about this on Wednesday night. This is what I want to let you know. God already existed when you got that phone call. God already knew that you was going to get it. Pastor Bill, I sure don't want to blow this for him because he's going to preach about this one time. But can I tell you, many of you know the story of Pastor Bill and working the same job here in town for 20 plus years and they closed their doors. Did you, was that a surprise? To, it was maybe a surprise to Pastor Bill. But guess what? It wasn't a surprise to God. And God already exists. In that moment. And guess what? Let me just go ahead and tell you without preaching it for Pastor Bill because he's going to preach it one day. Guess what? God has supplied the need according to his riches and his glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. God is already there. And God is already there for many of you that have unanticipated things and obstacles that are happening. I want to tell you this. Keep Can I tell you that it's the purpose of a mule or a horse when they are plowing a field is blinders are placed on their sides. Everybody go like this. Pastor, what was the reasoning of blinders on the sides of the... It is so they don't get distracted. There's an assignment of that farmer that they plow that field and go straight in the direction of whereby the farmer is guiding the horse or the mule. You know what we need back in the church? We need Holy Ghost blinders again that we don't get distracted in our lives. 
and in our families what God wants to do inside of us. Let me keep going here. How about this one? Sudden disputes. Oh, man. I didn't think that was going to happen, Pastor. I didn't think that was coming up between family member or friend. Why in the world is that happening in my life right now? Because the enemy. See, I want you to know it's not Sally Sue and not Mary Beth and not Lori and not Donnie. I'm not fighting against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. See, my dispute is not against them. I want you to know that today. Everybody look at me. I know you're thinking of into I want to tell you it's not with that person. Come on, somebody. But it's with the powers of hell that are trying to cloud their mind and trying to come against and trying to get you off course. Can I tell you? Stay focused. Put the blinders of the Spirit of God and continue to focus on Him and focus on the Word of the living God when this happens in our lives. I love what John Maxwell said. He said this a long time ago. He said at the age of 60, he said, I look back at my youth. He said, I was very naive. He said, there was one tool in my toolbox. And he said, I used it on everything. It was a hammer. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? How many men just love using a hammer? Lift your hand, man. Ladies, come on, if you're workers in here, lift those hands if you like to use hammers. I mean, oh, we try to use it as a screwdriver. We try to use it as a, I'm just going to beat it to death. Bless God. Hallelujah. I want to tell you something. If all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So listen to me. He said, so I pounded and I pounded and I pounded. He said, I fought many battles I shouldn't have. There are just some things you don't need to fight. There's some things you just got to, guess what? And this is a hard thing for us, especially you type A personalities. It's Because you've heard me say this, goodness gracious, five, I'm, I'm working on my seventh year. Let me get there. If you don't let go of it, God can't get a hold of it. I keep thinking about Moses' mom. Y'all have heard me say that multiple times. I can't imagine, Darren, I'm still trying to go there. And when Matt and Drew were small boys, if that was me or Karen in that river, that I had to somehow let go of my boy. I mean, mamas, just think about that. Could you do it? But you know what? That woman trusted God. Don't you know as a mama you were sitting there going like, come on. I don't know about you. Come on. If I was in that river, come on, somebody. How many is just going? Oh. Can you think about that with Caroline right here? Surrendered. This bundle with joy. <laughs> it ain't happening, Pastor. <laughs> but you know what? In the spirit, if you could see what was happening, when mama let go of it and her hand left, God began to put her, his hand right behind that basket and guided it where it needed to go. So guess what? Even in sudden disputes, that uh, this package of distraction, guess what you got to do? Sometimes you've said everything. You've done everything biblically. I'm talking to somebody in this room. You've done everything of going to that person, apologizing, talking, trying to make things right with that individual. You've done everything. The next thing you need to do when that's been done and you haven't, and you, Pastor, it just hasn't been solved, then guess what? Turn it over to the Lord. Yeah. 
Because if you have done everything that God said in his word to do, then the next thing for us to do is to allow God now to work. Because how many know when we try to keep trying to solve it, it makes things worse. Oh, I'm going to get an amen if i got to say amen all by myself. Listen to me. We're going on to the next one then again. And I want you to notice this. How about this one? Oh, this is so good. This is another distraction that the enemy is trying to package things up and trying to get our eyesight is fruitless relationships. Wow. Oh! Fruit, everybody say that with me. Fruitless? Well, pastor, I'm helping. God has called me to help that individual and to be a blessing to Travis. Oh, I love Travis. Anything that God, oh, I love this. Oh, God, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. God has called me. Be careful that you're not enabling that individual. Because what we can substitute as help, we are enabling that individual. And can I tell you, there are some people, if you're not careful, listen, I want to tell you this without all due respect. Yes, I'm a pastor and I love on people, but I want to tell you something. God, give us discernment because, again, what needs to happen is there needs to be a protection or a discernment there that God, that needs to be surrounded with you that people are not leeches in your life. Because people can suck the living life out of you. Pastor, what are you talking about? I'm telling you, that's why Jesus had to get away from the crowds and go up to the mountain and get with the Father. How many know if Jesus, the Son of God, had to do it? How many know it's necessary that we pull away from the crowd and we get right into what, Pastor? The glory of God. The presence of God. That's what's going to fuel us. That's what's going to fill us. But how many know that I'm here to tell you, if you're not careful... We want to surround ourselves with people, and that's great, and I'm not against that. Listen, Jesus was a friend of sinners. That's what he was referred to as. How many know he's a friend of sinners, but he didn't partake of the things of sinners? Let me just define that, glory to God. Because people say, well, he was in the bar, Pat. Yeah, but he wasn't, with, he wasn't doing the things in the bar. He was telling them about the kingdom of God. Listen, I want you to hear me right here. If you're not careful, there will be people because of fruitless relationships, if you're not careful and you don't have the discernment and what God has given you set up of the primary objective of seeing Jesus and seeing his word, people will become leeches. And I'm going to hear you tell you, they'll suck the living life out of you and the blood out of you. I don't know if you've ever had a leech or seen a leech. When it's attached to the skin, guess what it does? It sucks the blood. And you know what Leviticus says? Life is in the blood. I remember a story. I had some surgery done to my gums years ago. I had braces, had them off. I had some surgery done and had some uh, surgery done in my upper mouth where I had some, a skin graft from the roof of my mouth and placed it on uh, the top of my gums. And I remember having that surgery and mom and dad were out that night and I was a, an older teenager and, and uh, I had a, a kind of a retainer that night and I was trying to get ready for bed. And as I was doing that, it just got sutured up uh, probably two or three days before. And what I did, it created a suction. How many of how many's ever wore, uh, you know what I'm talking about, wore uh, something to get those teeth in place? And as I pulled out that retainer, it pulled out the stitches 
from the top of my mouth. And then all of all this, I don't mean to be graphic, but I want to tell you the story. But all that happened was, Brother Derek, it's kind of funny now. It wasn't funny at the time. But all that happened was I wasn't paying attention. It did hurt. And then when I looked up in the mirror, all I could see was blood just going. <laughs> and all I could do, Sister Betty, in that moment was grab towels and just go. And just start pressing it down to get something for that to close. That's all I could do. And listen, I can't believe I'm saying this, but there were no cell phones back in that day. <laughs> I can't even believe I'm saying that, Nikki. There were no cell phones back in that day. And guess what? Mom and Daddy wasn't home. But thank God we lived on a, a street that our neighbors were very close. So it was probably 1 o'clock in the morning. And so I'm going over there. And how many know if I could talk anyways on the, you couldn't, I mean, you could go. But when I got to my neighbor's house and knocked on the door, that's exactly what happened. And I'm knocking on the door. And I I mean, just blood everywhere. And went to the doctor's office getting sewn up at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm saying this to say all I'm saying and not for you to feel sorry for. What I'm saying is I could not, I just did not realize how much blood I lost until the next day. Some of you know what I'm talking about. If you've ever lost any blood in surgery, how weak your body is. I'm here to tell you, everybody look at me right now. The enemy wants to drain you from your relationship in Christ. He wants to drain your joy. Come on. Is somebody with me? I'm preaching now. He wants to drain your peace. So when you come into the church, you can put on a good facade. But you're really draining. You're just not open and free like you used to be. Because there is a distraction from the enemy. And he is distracting you from where you need to be with Christ. Oh, I'm preaching what God wants to give me today. And I hope you're listening. So be careful. While God has set people in motion in your life and they are destined to be in your life, be careful and have a guard. Be careful that the Lord speak to you, that there is a guard there, that you pray for them. And sometimes it's at a distance. Don't be enabling to what's going on in their life. Come on. The only person that's going to heal that addiction, the only person that's going to do the work in their life is not you. I want to tell you that right now. Look at, look at your neighbor right in the face and say, it ain't going to be you. Just look at him and say, Terry, it ain't going to be you. Look at him and say, it's going to be Jesus. That's the only person that's going to do it. How many lift up your hand and say, Pastor, no, no person has ever done it for me, but Jesus is the one that has healed me, changed me. Jesus has changed everything. Fruitless relationships. Let's go to the next distraction real quickly. Here it is. And I want to go there. Emotional issues. Woo! Oh, I am meddling, ain't I? Oh, I want to park right here. I want to get off my bike and just talk about. You know what? Some of us are so emotional. We are driven by our emotions. In fact, our prayer. I want you to look at me right now, church. In fact, your praise is determined by your emotions. And can I tell you, you're wrong. Your emotions should never determine your praise. Your praise ought to determine your emotions. Oh, 
Oh, that's a, that's a saying that needs to be written down. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Because some of you need to get it in your spirit. You've got it backwards. How many times have you come into the church and allowed what happened that week or circumstance determine how I worship God? No, I want to tell you as a child of God, no, it is praise unto God that determines my joy, that determines my peace and who I am. Allowing emotions to. Can I tell you that's that's why Paul simply said this. Listen, I gotta learn to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. How I many know this is it right here? So whatever happens, enticing, urgent, hurtful, un- unanticipated, sudden, fruitless, emotional issues that keep us occupied, my focus is on Jesus and his word and my praise is steady. Would you lift your hand and say, my praise is going to stay steady till he comes. It's not going to be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. You can get mad at that song all you want to, but I love it. Just like a tree. That's planted by the waters. I shall not be moved. The psalmist said it. I can't even imagine. Us men have been looking at that for the psalms. Brother John, what better psalm to start out with? What beginning psalm? Blessed is the man. That doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, chapter 1. But his delight, come on, sir, here we go. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in that law, he's going to meditate day and night. And guess what's going to happen? Go oh, help me, help me, help me. He shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water, bearing forth fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does, it will. That's the word of the Lord. Amen? So you must be careful. I wish I could stay there on emotional issues. Can I tell you this? Do not get overstimulated to allow your emotion. And you allow that to govern you as a child of God. Can we look at me? Some of you, now all of you, we're in different places in our walk with God. Can I just tell you for those of you, not for those of you that have started coming, I realize there's different growth patterns in all of us. But for those of you that have been around for a little time, can I look at you and say this as your pastor? Grow up. Get off the milk and get on the meat. And start doing what God has caused. I don't know about you, but, you know, I would just think it odd. If I went out to eat with Stan, I'm looking at Stan, and I'm trying to imagine in my head that we went to a Mexican restaurant, and all of a sudden, I ordered, but Stan didn't order. And when we got the plate, he grabbed a baby bottle out of his jacket and began to stick it to his mouth and began to suck it while I began to eat Mexican food. How I many know that's, look at your neighbor and say, that's odd. That's weird. Can y'all picture Stan drinking a bottle at a Mexican restaurant? I wanted you to get a the real picture before you. That's the reason why I just painted it that way for you. But you know what? There's a lot of people that's coming in the church. That during worship time, they still got the bottle in their mouth. And 
They're upset and emotional and sudden disputes and urgent. You know what? It's a distraction. And it's moving you from the purpose and the plan of God. And how many say today, Pastor, I'm determined I'm going to go forward? I'm going to give this to you real quickly. It's where we come to Nehemiah. I got you all there. You said, Pastor, we've been sitting here for a long time. Here it is. <laughs> Nehemiah, the sixth chapter. You ready for this? I'm going to just paraphrase it for you. It says there was Sanballat, there was Tobiah, and there was Gisham. And there was an assignment, Sister Lisa, you know the story. The assignment of Nehemiah was to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Come on, somebody. And we know this, those three individuals were distractions from hell to get Nehemiah off the course of what God wanted him to do. Listen, in fact, they said this, why don't you come down to the valley of, I know this is not the proper Hebrew, I don't speak Hebrew, I'm not a Hebrew scholar. I did that because a lot of times if you speak Hebrew, that's the way you got to talk. And I'm going to tell you this, I know it's not the proper word of oh no, but I'm going to call it oh no. Because how many say oh no, I don't want to go to oh no. Come on, because oh no means in the Hebrew, stronghold. The enemy wants to get you into a stronghold and take you out of the assignment that God has called you to to build the kingdom of God. But guess what Nehemiah said? He lifted up his voice and looked through the scripture right there. He said, I'm not going to, oh no, hallelujah, I'm doing a good work and I'm going to stay right here. How many times the enemy has tried to sway me as your pastor to go here and to go there and sometimes the enemy has tried to sway you, come on somebody, to go here and to go there but how many know God has called you here to Calvary Christian Assembly of God and we're going to finish the work that God has called us to do. He said I'm not going there. He said, I refuse to step out of the destiny. That's where I'm just kind of paraphrasing it. But he simply said this, I'm doing a great work and I cannot stop to come down and to meet you. I'm going to just reveal quick three things and I'm going to end it. Here, this passage demonstrates that distractions, everybody say this, they appear to be harmless. Let me say that, appear to be harmless. But be careful. Because number one, let me give you these three things and we're going to stop. Always distractions frequently come, number one, when our work is well on its way to completion. We're just about to be finished. Listen to me, church. Look at me. Jesus is about to come. Let me say it again. Jesus is about to come. And the work is getting finished. Come on now. So I want to tell you, we're going to complete. I will not be sidetracked as God has called me here. Neither will you be in the name of Jesus. We will finish. But can I tell you, be careful. Because he comes along right when it's just about to get finished. Number two, the same thing here. Be careful because it will cause harm to us. In our vision. See, if you read in those first five verses, the word of God said that it was meant. He said, I realized. You know what that is? It's discernment. Darren, it was discernment that he knew. And that's what I'm praying for the church. I ain't stepping to oh no. Oh no probably had, oh, that's a night. Oh, oh, that's Palm Springs. I need to go over there and 
and, and dip down there. Yeah, I need to take a break from building. I just need to slide over there. It ain't nothing going to hurt. No, you, you need to be careful because the devil wants to kill, steal. It's meant to harm you. It's meant to take you out. And the third thing is, is that I'm going to end it with this. It just didn't happen. Can I ask a question? Is there anybody in this room that the devil just bothered you one time? I want to see your hand. Is there anybody in this room? I just want to see your hand. Has the devil just one time, he's only, the, your whole life, when you accepted the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior, ask him to come in, he left you alone one time and that was it. I just want to see it. How many has had some attacks this week? How many's had numerous attacks this week? You ought to lift your hand real high. Come on, how many know that you're on his hit list? Would you look at your neighbor and say, you're on the wanted list of the devil. Lift your hand right now and say, thank God I'm on the wanted list of the devil in Jesus' name. Because guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep lifting up the cross of Jesus Christ and I'm going to continue to proclaim the blood of the living Lamb of God without any reservation in my life. Amen, Henry. Hallelujah. Here it was, and we need to have the same gumption and anointing that I want to tell you, everybody look at me, and I want to give you a word from the Lord. There is no greater work than what I do behind this pulpit compared to what God has called you to do too. And I want to look at you right now, every one of you, if you are serving God and doing what God's called you to do, that's what I want to tell you, I want to look at every one of you, you're doing Lift up the work that God has called Deborah to and John to and Sam to. Honey, he can cook the best chicken. You do not want me to cook your chicken. Glory to God. If he's cooking it for the glory of God, come on, somebody. How many know the word of God said, if you pass out a cup of water in my name, you're blessed. Come on, somebody. Whatever the anointing and the calling of God is, I can't tear up a guitar like Brandon. Glory to God. How you do not want me to hear. It sounds terrible. You do not want to. Every one of us, I'm going to tell you what, you don't want me over here at Sister Betty to sew together your uh, great uh, uh, blanket. Glory to God. You would have a mess. Hallelujah. But aren't you glad for the Dorcases of the Bible that God used for his glory? This is one of them right here. And you know what, Sister Betty? It's a great work. It's a great work. There is no elevation in the body of Christ that this one's better than that one. Jesus is the head, and that is all that matters. See, the enemy does, and, and that lasts on numerous occasions. In other words, the word that I want to put in there, and I'm just about to shut up. The word is he is relentless to take you out. Some of you came for Gail's funeral, and I appreciate that. And some of you were able to come and visit at the hospital, and some were able to come the visitation so I appreciate that so very much as her church family but about a couple days before she passed away 
I came in pretty early in the morning and her brother was there. Dennis was there. The doctor was right there talking to her, really giving her, honestly, there were no choices and really no hope in this. We've done everything we could do. And I could see Gail's mind just spinning, Deanna, and I could just see her. And there were some decisions, some quick decisions that Gail was having to make. The doctor just slipped out of the room, and right at that moment I felt that it was obviously necessary to go and to comfort and to love on her. And me and her brother Dennis just kind of went over to the bed. I'm going to tell you how relentless the enemy was in that moment. I cocked my smile and I I looked at her and I said, you're getting ready to experience the biggest healing that you've ever experienced in your life. You're getting ready to see I could see worry just fill her face. And I said, Gail, what's wrong? She said, Pastor, let me just tell you how relentless the enemy is. She said, Pastor, I don't feel worthy. both sides of her cheeks you could see it she was weeping and in that moment Pastor Bill I felt God's spirit it was just like I felt the lion of the tribe of Judah come over me in that moment I reared up and I'll be honest with you and I looked at Gail and I did this biggest smile which is contrary I did the biggest smile and I looked at her face and I said this the devil is a liar I said, Gail, we're not worthy at all in our own righteousness. But yeah, we are worthy through the blood of Jesus Christ. And Stephanie, in that moment when I said that and the Lord came in that room, I believe in such a mighty way, it's like her face just took a turn. <laughs> Her face took a turn and the glory of the Lord, just like we felt in this room, came down on the other side. And we began to get a little Pentecostal at mercy, glory to God. And we began to lift our hands up, Brother Darren, and pray in the Holy Ghost. We didn't care who was there. We began to sing and we began to get a little just excited about God. And it was told for me from the family later on that day that there was no more attitude towards that nor the enemy tried to torment her and relentlessly tell her that you're not going to make it, you're not worthy. No, when the the minister from the hospital stepped in the room and asked her about her relationship with Jesus, she looked at that man of God and said, I'm not worried about it. I'm getting ready to go see Jesus in just a few moments. devil wants to take you out even right up to the end he wants to try to take you out but I want you to know this today I will not be moved my heart is fixed my mind is made up 
and my eyes are upon the Lord today. You can make it in this place because you got Him. And that's the only way. Listen to me. There's going to be many of seducing spirits and many fall away from the faith. Look at me right now. Many is going to fall away from the faith. That's the word of God. I'm not trying to discourage him. I'm trying to tell you what the word of God is. We're in that hour. Look at me. Many will fall away from the faith. But how many sit there and say, Pastor, I'm going to be part of the remnant that's going to be faithful to the things of God. I will not be moved. And I will step into God's calling and destiny in my life. Stand with me. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's podcast. If you want more information about Calvary Christian Assembly of God, please click onto the link in the podcast. God bless you.